Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Ascension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. Okay, the question is, I'm feeling a lot of anger right now. I'm not sure where it's coming from. These, if we use the model of asking not what is causing it, but rather what allows for the possibility of it, we're a step ahead of where we should be. It's important that you don't go what's, ca what's causing it. Um, that question is always going to be a continuation of your ego tripartite. You'll either point to something or someone outside yourself and you're going to want to control it because it's threatening to you. Or you'll even point to something inside yourself and again you'll have the same enacting of the will to power. You're going to try to control it because it's threatening to you. That kind of thinking is delusional on many levels. One, it, it does not recognize the codependent originating aspect of reality. Causality is a way of thinking, and I'm just giving it that word now. But really what is at the heart of it is this kind of separation of things, mainly myself from everything else. Codependent origination is a pre-modern way of thinking. And it is in your Budo, both at a philosophical level, but also in the way, for example, even your Kihon Waza is structured. From a causal model, reality is something that is happening to you. But from the position of codependent origination, origination there's no separation between you and the reality you're experiencing. They arise mutually. This is important because unlike with a causal model where I 
my will to power kicks in and I try to control these things either outside me or these things inside me, codependent origination posits another solution, one that is not delusional at a second level. And that is that um, since reality arises with me, As I shape myself, I shape reality. Simultaneously. So this second level of delusion, with the causal mentality and the enacting of the will to power, the second level of delusion is that you actually cannot do that. If I control another person and I seek control over them, let's say this other person is making me angry, and I seek to control them, you're going to see that the anger does not go away. You'll start harvesting grievances you'll start collecting them. And these things are in you, and they stay in you. Pre-modern technologies of self that we might understand that address this in a different way is the act of forgiveness. From a modern point of view, we tend to uh, let someone say sorry. We don't ever really release the grievance. We sort of still collect them. Okay, since you said sorry, I'll move this grievance to the back room file cabinet. But hey, we still have a file on you. And as you keep going, I can pull this file and move it to the front desk anytime. Do you see? Forgiveness is actually something we do for ourselves. It's, you've taken off entirely in the pure act of forgiveness. You've taken off entirely the possibility of this person controlling me, which they are by the codependent origination model. Even as I seek to pin them in anger, for example, they are making me pin them in anger. They are still in control of me. They're having me experience the world of which they are part as a threat. They are in control of me. Even as I seek to control them, they are controlling me. Something maybe a little humorous, but maybe a little easier to understand. We all, either it was us or we know someone who uh, got a raw deal in a relationship. And the relationship ended, right? And they're like, I'm glad, I'm glad she's fucking gone. 
right? And you could tell they're still hurt. The relationship hasn't ended. Do you see? They are still being hurt. That person who is probably not even giving them a thought, going on about their lives in the American religio, they just, I, they wake up, they get their Starbucks, right? They go to get to their job and they keep trying to get some promotion. They're not giving one iota of thought to the other person, but that other person can't let go of them even one iota. So forgiveness is what you do for yourself. It's how you address the codependent origination between the self and the experience of reality. Our righteousness is problematic in that sense. That our righteousness is actually causing us pain. You can see this on the internet in social media, right? If you think about the reality of social media, it's so easy to ignore what is going on. Socially, the people online are not in, actually in my reality. It's not like, let's say, in pre-modern tribal times, this person was in my kinship system or in my tribal system. That, I don't know them at all. I could literally get on with my life as if they didn't, never existed. But if you watch what's happening, is people can't. One jab goes to another jab, goes to another jab, goes to another jab. But before that, everybody is jabbable. Do you see? And then what happens? You do your jab. And this person who has no real potential to actually wound you in any way is causing anxiety throughout the rest of the day as you wait for a counter to the jab you left, you left with, you see. How can we say that that jab did anything for us positive? The whole day, I'm anxious. Well, that kind of human, let's call it psychology right now, that has happened since we have been an organism. It just happens online now at, at, at levels of amplification that nobody could have imagined. You can see the anxiety it causes. 
And you can mark for the unwellness that is generating too. So for example, as a resource deputy, I was uh, involved with several organizations meant to address the wellness of our youths or adolescents. And some facts, these are facts. Um, girls, teenage girls, tend to go into social media type uses of the internet. Boys are going more into gameplay. There's negative sides to that, but we're going to talk about the first thing. So these girls go into uh, these social media things where um, they start participating in this virtual cycle of jabs. Okay. And the anxiety starts to set in. And if you look at the numbers, Girls that are diagnosed now with some sort of mood disorder in that age group is going up, it's going through the roof, as is suicide, as is the prescription of psychiatric medications. It's all going through the roof. I remember early on in that position as a resource deputy, a mother came in and um, her daughter was absolutely destroyed. Felt assaulted, do you see? And the mom wanted to come in and say, hey, uh, this girl online is harassing my daughter. Um, can you go arrest her? Again, in the movies, harassment is a, is a, is a law, but it's not a law. Um, it's not actually a law. Okay. Things like this might be, you know, when does it become a law? You utter a threat, a viable threat, that could do it. A threat of violence and not a conditional threat. There's no such thing as far as the law is concerned. Um, Certain age groups can harass other age groups, but usually it's like adults to minors, but not minors to minors, do you see? Uh, when this mother mentioned the crime, quote-unquote, of harassment, she's just talking about this other girl is, not, is making my girl not feel too well, do you see? So we always do our due diligence. Hey, can I see the, what these posts are like? Oh, yeah, it's just online jabbing, do you see? And, of course, if you scroll up, you see the daughter doing the online jabbing, too. And it just goes back and back and forth. And, you know, uh, I kind of pulled the mom aside because the girl was very, very upset. And I said, and I explained what I just explained to you about the laws. And I said, you know, there is a solution to this, and it is don't go online. Again, codependent origination. 
the way that you're allowing yourself to manifest is the way that reality is manifest, manifested, right? And so your experience is inside. Your experience of reality is inside that model. And now you just change you and that reality goes away. Well, the technology of forgiveness is that. You change you. You see, the, the focus of attention is inside. You change you, not outside. And the moment that you truly forgive the other person, you, you're free of them. You're free of the anger, for example. This is why I say for, forgiveness is actually about you. Well, these pre-modern systems, were not, they're not made by idiots, and they know that we can be doing this to ourselves. That our organism has a nature where we kind of have at least a dual presence or a dual identity where we can do things to ourselves. You don't really see this in the animal kingdom, right? I don't look at my dogs. I don't see them ever in some state of internal conflict. It's one reason why in Zen, a lot of times, uh, masters are equated to animals or animals are, are uh, what lead the master to their final awakening and things like that. You see, they don't have this internal conflict. But ancient pre-modern technologies, they understood that. You see this in um, John the Baptist and subsequently in Jesus. So you want to start new. You want to stop controlling people around you. You want to be free of Roman tyranny. Conquering them is being enslaved to them. Address what cannot be conquered, what cannot be controlled from the outside, your spirit. Your spirit can never be nailed to the cross. So you want to start this different way of being You're going to purify yourself. You're going to wash yourself. You're going to forgive yourself so you can start anew. This is where the ritual cleansing of baptism comes in. So if the anger is coming from an internal side, resist generating or continuing that cycle where you're just jabbing back and forth. 
It's with you. You're jabbing against you, do you see? Forgive yourself. It's very difficult to do, which is why pre-modern cultures always seem to make some sort of ceremony to help us, so like the baptism. Or we ask forgiveness through someone else or some other medium. We might ask God to forgive us. We might ask our mentor to grant us forgiveness, do you see? But again, it's about you. So, as you know, every day that I train, every day I hold certain aims in mind. We, we can make cute little slogans about them just to shorten this part. You know, you try to improve by 1%. Every day I'm going to try to get 1% better at something. Or another cute little slogan. Uh, I work so that the, the me of tomorrow can kick the ass of the me to, of today. Do you see? It's like, so every day there's a kind of monitoring of one's own practice for what one can do more efficiently or even for what one can do more, period. Well, that means that every day you're discovering, in some sense, what you're not doing. Do you see? And um, there's that dual aspect, do you see? I have a desire to do something else, but I keep not doing that thing. How do I experience that moment? Well, I, I have two ways, right? I have this way where I kind of become angry with myself or frustrated with myself or disappointed in myself, do you see? And all that starts to have a physiological response. So you, you pointed to your stomach when you said you were you're feeling angry, do you see? But it, it showed up a lot. Like today's lesson was all on that because you had it at the beginning of Iaido where you were going negative you know you 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 were your sword cuts were weak they were you were defeated do you see so it shows up physically too because we are embodied consciousness it doesn't just show up as an idea. Now, if we do the causal chain, the problem is, as I, I could get angry at myself, do you see? And most of us will do that for a little while, but you can't keep it up. Okay? And because on both sides of the jabbing, what we end up doing is we start denying what's going on 
we start hiding what's going on from ourselves. This could take many shapes. Maybe you're repressing the anger. Maybe you're forcing it down inside. Do you see? And it's going to pop. You're going to be like Neo when, he, when Morpheus finally shows him what the Matrix is. He's going to pop, right? You're going to pop. You're just going to lose it one day. This is Jung's position. But if you pay attention, you're kind of losing it a little bit every day every, in all these little places that are just, they're just socially acceptable, just enough, do you see? Of course, if you hung out with me 24-7, it would be very difficult because it wouldn't be socially acceptable, right? That's why it's important that you all go home at night. You need a break, okay? You can imagine what it's like. Again, you might, a lot of times, sometimes you're envious. Oh, I wish I grew up. I wish Sensei was my dad. But you're forgetting this part. Okay. So usually, you know, it's not uncommon. We repress, we repress the whole jabbing, jabbing back and forth because we're on both sides of it. I didn't jab. Did you jab? No, I didn't jab. Did you feel jab? No, I don't feel jab. Do you feel jab? No, I don't feel jab. Do you see? And we can do it after a while, but you know where it starts to creep in is when we falter in the four disciplines because our moods become more reactionary. So just eat poorly enough, sleep poorly enough, get drawn into the world just enough. Do you see? And then it's going to creep in. What we have to do is what we would do with someone else. It's just us, though. We have to forgive. You have to forgive. So I can't sit there, for example, as I'm monitoring myself for the 1%, and I'm seeing like, wow, you should have had that 1% a year ago. Can't believe you're still struggling with that 1%, Dave. Holy cow. If I let that cycle go, I'll, I can repress it and never address the 1% that I saw. Do you see? Hey, hey, Dave, don't bring up the 1%. Okay, and you don't bring it up either. All right, I won't bring it up. And then I don't improve the 1%. Or I start feeling so poorly. That I just not motivated. I don't want to do the work. Actually, right now, I just want to go to sleep. In fact, you know what? I want to do the negative 1%. I deserve to eat all that ice cream. I'm going to stay up all night long and get some me time. And in the end, I don't make the transition. In a way, the dual aspect of self, you can think about it. Let's not attach a role permanently, but in many ways, you are 
both guru and disciple. Or if that relationship is foreign to you, you are both parent and child. Now, we might have to go to younger children, imagine ourselves as a one-year-old. The one-year-old has to do these things, let's say. They has this, not that. We're, we're, we're aligning them with a wisdom tradition, do you see? As we're trying to rear the child. We, we don't want a free-for-all because not all actions and thoughts are created equal as we try to rear the child, do you see? But along the way, the child is going to make mistakes. What do you think you're going to do to that one-year-old? The one, the one-year-old needs to know how to eat in a high chair. Eventually, they're going to have to know how to uh, keep the food in their mouth. Because you want them, as they grow up, to be able to engage in and make use of the social act of dining. You know that if my child keeps wearing their food as an adult, it could be, and most likely would be, detrimental to their adulthood. But as the child's eating, sometimes that you're going to, I think you're, there's food everywhere except in your stomach right now. Do you see? How many of us at that stage with this one-year-old, knowing how important this is, Start getting angry at them. Usually what you see is we all take pictures of it because it's so funny and it's so cute. Do you see? I have pictures of my youngest. He's, got, he's wearing like a chocolate, a chocolate mask around his mouth. Like it's, it goes all the way around all his lips, chin, part of his nose, cheeks. I still look at that photo today and just start laughing. There's a kind of forgiveness that happens, do you see? And it, it gets us to understand that at the heart of the forgiveness is really an acceptance. Do you see? I, I accept. I accept this. Even though I have an intention, even though I have an aim, food in the mouth, I accept this ring of chocolate. And now my experience to the ring of chocolate is fun, not anger. Well, it's the same thing. I have these dual aspects in me. There's the one that wants to improve 1% every day, and then there's the one who's all like, hey, 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 slow down a little bit here. Let's not get out of control. Do you see? 
I have to have that acceptance of both of them. Why? So I can continue doing it. So imagine I got angry. I get angry every time the ring of chocolate shows up. Guess what? Now we're not doing chocolate. Could you, let's say you stuck with that. Could you imagine that child as an adult and someone brings out chocolate dessert at the end and the amount of anxiety that that adult would have? Oh my God, my nemesis, chocolate. <laughs> you see how you quit. As the adult, you quit, meaning you don't make the adjustments. It's the same thing where it's like, hey, stop fighting the Romans on the outside. Right? You got to accept, and we're going to do this instead. You have to accept. Not going to beat the Romans. But you can be free right here, right now. In fact, you're already free. They cannot enslave you. You just have to realize it. Well, the same thing. Myself cannot tyrannize myself. I have to realize why that is not possible. None of us want to feel this anger. Did it serve you well today or did it hinder you? It hindered you, do you see? Just like the jilted boyfriend who can't get over their girlfriend. It's hindering you. You have to free yourself, in this case, from yourself. If you need a ritual, get it, do a ritual. But you have to accept and forgive. Again, not just, please remember why. It's so you can free yourself. Why do I want the freedom? So you can get on with practicing your wisdom tradition. It's not just, oh, I'm going to forgive myself, I'm going to forgive myself, I'm going to forgive myself, I'm going to forgive my, you know, and then you stay the same. No, you're still, you, what happened there is that you usurped the technology that could have saved you, and actually you're still the same angry person. This, I would say, with all forms of usurpation of all the technologies of self that we use, you're being mindful of your authenticity. can't just go through the motions and say, hey, I forgive myself. 
You must be mindful of that. It would be like if you're in a ditch and someone throws a rope down and you cut the rope. That's what I mean by usurpation. The technology that was there to help you, you got rid of it because it wasn't authentically used. So it begs the question, well, how do I authentically use it? Well, that is why human beings have always used mentors all along, especially on these kind of things. Because it's very difficult. If you think about it, I got one jabbing self and another jabbing self. Well, who's stopping it? What is the consciousness that comes in that realizes I got two jabbing selves? I got the me I want to be and the me that I'm, I'm not letting be. Whoa, there's another aspect, you see. Again, What do we call that here? That's your second mind aspect. That's the God consciousness, which is represented in your guru. The idea that the two jabbing selves are all of a sudden going to realize that they're jabbing each other and making each other feel awful, this is, oh man, next to none. Again, we theoretically would say, well, you're going to reach rock bottom sooner or later. Again, as a law enforcement officer, I'm telling you, we do not reach rock bottom, especially in modern America. There are many forms of addiction, both legal and illegal, that allow us to just die without realizing that we caused our own death. So here I would take this discussion more as something to ponder when we're not in the moment of the mutual jabbing, okay? If we find ourselves in a state of mutual jabbing, then I would look for the physiological signs. They will be more observable because the mutual jabbing is gonna feel right. It's, that's how the will to power is. It always feels right. It always feels that it's what should be done as much as it's the only thing that can be done. But that knot you feel in your stomach, or I can't swing my sword, I'm defeated. Yeah, I can feel that. I can feel that in the jabbing, you know, amidst the jabbing. I can feel that. I can sense that. Of course, you have your teacher there going, hey, you're withdrawing. Hey, don't look down. Look up and out, you see. And then at that point, then you will be able to use this technique of, hey, just forgive, man. Just accept. Just forgive. 
so you become free. If you think about it, and the external force or person really can't ever enslave me, do you see? But by a particular means, you can see that that particular means is me. As much as our freedom is ours through forgiveness and acceptance, our enslavement is ours through blame and rejection. This might sound depressive, but it is the only model that actually lets us be free, regardless of the external world. And to be free immediately. Hence, the heaven of kingdom or the kingdom of heaven is now. See, that's what was said. It's not the kingdom of heaven is next year or five years from now or just over that mountaintop across the river next to the McDonald's, do you see? It is here and now through this means by altering the self and the relationship to the self we alter reality and hell becomes heaven this concludes this episode of budo the way of the warrior podcast for more information please visit sentiencenter.com S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com or find us at Facebook at Sentient Center and on our YouTube channel at Sentient One. Thank you for listening.